0: Michigan's short track racing authority is Horsepower Happenings.
1: Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport Florida driver Danny Sims III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemmler,
2: welcome to Horsepower Happenings.
1: Steve Irwin, welcome to Horsepower Happenings, my friend.
2: Director of race operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over
1: 50 years of industry experience from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stamp On the turns three and four. on to the lift, off sideways, Greg Dalman wins.
2: Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right-side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All
0: down. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months of medical time here, they, uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for.
2: She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment
1: there at Anti Camp Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From
0: the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich Franz.
1: Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another edition of Horsepower Happenings. Two great interviews lined up tonight. We'll speak with uh, with, uh, template late model driver Kevin Creminesi, plus uh, the Michigan uh, fan club, the uh, Michigan Motorsports Fan Club, yeah, Mo- uh, thank uh, you, thank you, thank you. I got too much going on in this brain. I'm too excited and you'll know why in a second. Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Promoter of the Year, Barry Marlowe, coming up. But first, here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Uh, down south, uh, they are already racing. Bubba Pollard, Stephen Nassie. they stunk up the show at Speedfest down in Georgia. Uh, Nassie won by over two seconds. Bubba Pollard wins for like the 16th time in a row uh, at Speedfest. Okay, maybe it's three, but still, um, he's been dominating that event and it continued over the weekend. Devin Moran and Hudson O'Neill opened up the World of Outlaws 2024 season with wins at Volusia Speedway Park. O'Neill took the Sunshine Nationals Championship after winning the first night. And then, uh, excuse me, after winning the second night, Devin Moran uh, won the opener. And 72 hours is pretty much all that it's been available. The entry form for the Short Track U.S. Nationals on April 6th at Bristol Motor Speedway. More than 150 entries have already been received. Currently, it sits like this, and this is as of Monday's show, 52 CRA Street Stock entries, 43 Midwest Modified Tour, and 56 entries for the VORS Compact Touring Series have been filed those things and so much more happening tonight on horsepower happenings good evening welcome in i'm zach heiser rich france joins me from across the way but not until we get through with this because it happened again oh, oh you're gonna, gonna play it this time deal. i gotta play it this time that will not yield, and the blue and silver way. what do we do rich Stand and cheer and the brave! Ra rah rah! rah. Go
3: <laughs> so hard, win the game.
2: With
1: honor, you will keep your fame. Down the field and gain a Lions victory! Go Lions! That's right, Rich. That's right. They did it again, baby. They did it again. Our Detroit I, I Lions. I thought
2: I was doing it last week because it was going to be the only the last I time we know. were here to played
1: soccer. I know. <laughs> and then I don't know about you, man. I had about four heart attacks yesterday, and a case of beer, and multiple shots to get through that game with the Bucks. Um, how fun was that, though? I mean, just to watch it and see our Detroit Lions. Right? We racing's not the only thing we're passionate about. That that Detroit team right now is rolling. Uh, it, it
2: comes down to big plays at the right time for the guys they brought in to make big plays that's the bottom line Zach um so many big plays in that game and then in the fourth quarter right when they need them you know those three letters did not show up and have not showed up the last two weeks and uh, they've done the job so uh wow one more at least at least one more week of this yeah hopefully to hopefully well three weeks because there's a two weeks between the next week and the
1: Super Bowl so Two more, with a bye week in between. And if you ever watch the speeches from the locker room, that's been Jared Goff, that's been Dan Campbell, that's been everybody. We got two more of these expletives. We got three more, we got whatever. And they're excited to go to San Francisco. So, um, anyhow... This is a motorsports show. This is a racing show. I know some people are tired of hearing about the lions, but uh, to heck with you. This is a this is something that we haven't seen <laughs> in my lifetime, and for you, thirty years. Uh, yeah, since you've seen them go on a run like this. Yeah, so. yeah,
2: since '91. So, and I was well old enough to enjoy that. So, it, I was just holding my breath to see if I didn't know if this was going to happen before you closed the box on
1: me or not. So. By the way. For those who can't see, I've got my gear on today. Yes, you do. You look sharp. That's been my postseason tradition. I wear it to work. They let me wear it at work because I told them it's working. So i got to <laughs> keep doing it. Uh, but let's get into it, uh, Rich. Saturday, we had uh, a great, a great evening at uh, Zakaro's in Chesterfield Township with the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. See, now that I'm calmed down and refocused, I remember what the group's called. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. Our uh, privilege to host and MC that alongside John Jackson and the folks there. And uh, what a great night it was.
2: It was. I mean, and, and, and I think the cool thing was, you know, we had 105 champions uh, collect awards for their championships. And then the special awards, right? Um, that was really cool. And, you know, I, I'll start with the first one, Zach, because I was, the, I was honored uh, to be able to do this one. Uh, the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club President's Award was presented to Van Dorn Racing Development, Johnny and Butch Van, Butch Van Dorn. Uh, Johnny was there. Butch was down at Cordill, I believe. So um, Johnny showed up and, uh, you know, Johnny di- really didn't want to talk, but he, he stood up there. And, um, you know, their, their love for the sport and how good they are at it um, and everything that they've done in the last 10 years was, has, has actually been pretty spectacular.
1: Yeah, and for me, it was it was awesome to be able to uh, present or help present the uh, Vito Lepikola Memorial Contribution to Motorsports Award. Uh, at least introduce this guy, uh, Ronnie Johncox, Cox, who a lot of people may not know, but really you should because you know he and his company, uh, Technique Incorporated, they are the ones making sure that you have cars to watch go around in a circle on Sunday, Rich. I mean, yeah, without yeah, these guys, have,
2: you yeah, know. they had the contract to build those chassis and repair them, so. Um, it's pretty cool. And then, you know, I, I thought it was pretty cool reading up on him. He had his own little racing career as well. Yeah. You know, and still, middle, you know, pedals around with that here and there. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's got what five businesses between here and North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and, and he's you definitely know, definitely a busy man.
1: The thing I thought was the coolest is he said, you know, the stuff I'd, on Sunday with building the NASCARs, those cars is cool. And he goes, but for me we became the first ever American manufacturers of that off-road event to win with those Polaris off-road side-by-sides and what a cheer he got <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> out of everybody there yeah. for that that, was, that was cool that was
2: that was Dubai this weekend yes right? thank you when yes went, yeah yeah yep. Yep. That, so. yeah that was awesome
1: how about the Eddie Sachs Memorial uh, Lifetime Achievement Award that's another one of those that is you know, you look at what awards uh, Marfak hands out, and those two, the Vito LaPiccolo and the Eddie Sachs, probably the most emotional awards of the night. Yeah, um,
2: it, it obviously meant a lot to Dick Myers um, to, to receive that award. And I, I think it meant so much to him, he closed the place down because he was still there <laughs> when I left.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he and I were one of the last ones to leave. You're right. So, uh,
2: but yeah, um, that i think just that was awesome i mean all of his years uh everything that dick myers has done in racing um is just spectacular and i I think all three of those awards were were uh right on right on mark on uh right on target man they 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 all three deserved them and i don't think you could have picked a better choice for either of the three
1: you know this next one is one that we've been honored uh to have been given uh with horsepower happenings and We joined some elite company, Rich, uh, the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Media Award. Um, Dave Burns this year. It was very cool to have them video call him as he's been working down in North Carolina to get ready for the Rolex 24. And just the stories he shared, right, of being a kid that really wasn't all that involved in announcing uh, at all, took a shot, took an opportunity, and you know worked with it through ASA. I loved his story about when he realized that there are a lot of great people in auto racing, but that the first fight he ever saw was at Galesburg Speedway. <laughs> and uh, a lot of the locals in the room found that pretty relatable. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty. Well, but like you said, that's pretty cool. I mean, we
2: we all see Dave Byrne and, and it was cool. You know, back in 21, you know, we were honored to receive this award. So uh, really good company. It, it kind of humbles us to be in. In, in groups of people like Dave Burns, um, that's just that's just pretty awesome.
1: How about this next award? I, I like this, and I hope it's something that the fan club continues to do, and that is to honor our next generation of racers with the Future of the Sport Award.
2: Yep, and um, we had Roger Williams came up and and took care took care of that award, and uh, Katie Robinson uh, picked up the future. And I don't think she was expecting it. It doesn't seem because she they brought her up. Uh, up on stage, and she didn't really know what to say. But she's a tiny thing, yeah. and uh, but uh, she's doing and re- do, doing great things in racing here in Michigan, and and ju- she just can't wait to grow her her racing career. You may
1: say that name sounds a little bit familiar, but it's kind of off. Uh, Danielle Robinson, her older sister, kind of trailblazed for for her. Uh, throughout the last couple of years, and she still races as well, so that might be why. Then you get into the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club of the Year Awards, is what it says on your pamphlet, and uh, we'll talk to this next guy coming up here in just a few minutes, uh, Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Promoter of the Year, Barry Marlowe, His work with Great Lakes Family of Sprint Cars in I-96 last year, just, uh, you think about everything that he had, all the irons he had in the fire, uh, pretty pretty hard to beat. And I, th- I
2: think a lot of it, in my opinion, um, I-, I honestly think a lot of it had to do with I-96. Because if Barry Marlowe does not step up to the plate, what does happen to I-96 in 2023? Yeah. Do they, do they run a race? Does somebody else step up to the plate and promote races there? I can't say that that would have happened. So, and he didn't need, Gary, you know, Barry didn't need to do it. Right. He had enough, like, like running three series. <laughs> is not enough, yeah. And they're running sometimes back to back nights, and you know, three hundred miles away, and you never know. So, uh, no, I, well, uh, that was well done, Barry Marlowe. Well deserved Promoter of the Year,
1: and then uh, Mechanic of the Year. I think this is a great award because there are so many people behind the scenes that make these race car drivers as successful as they are. And uh, Ron Finkbeiner, what a great, what a great asset. To more specifically, a division you love, Outlaw Super Late Models. Yeah, and, and anybody who doesn't know, Ron
2: Finkbeiner is the, the muscle uh, that keeps all those Bo- Bozell cars going, right? He's the guy that's there till late at night working on those race cars, uh, getting home, you know, getting home at all hours of the morning, uh, and he just continues to do it. And, and Ron's not getting any younger, right? <laughs> not getting any younger at all, but uh, he continues to come back. His love of racing and his commitment uh, t- to those guys uh, is second to none and well-deserved for Ron. Uh,
1: of the Year Awards, final one, Fan of the Year. you got to have that. It's a fan club, um, obviously. And they said, you know, we looked at this, and uh, Jeff Sawmere made it to, did what did they say, 90% or 100% of the fan club events? What did he say? Uh, it was a lot of them. Yeah, I thought it was every one of them. I think so. It might have been. Um, so that was cool for, for him to, to be there. And then the appreciation awards, Rich, uh, as a board member, I'll kind of let you talk about those a little bit.
2: Yeah. So th- this is, this is where John Jackson, um, just has some appreciation awards for what they do. And, um, one of the, one of the award winners was Rex Wheeler for all his support of the fan club and everything, everything that he's done. Um, and also David Howe and Nancy May, um, these are board members. And they, so when we have a fan club night and you show up and you see the table with the 10 up and they're trying to sign you up for a membership, these two were at every single race, member racetrack at wow. every event in 2023. No matter where it was, they were there. They That's put awesome. the miles in. They're both race fans. So they, you know, so they, you weren't going to find them at the same racetrack every week. Uh, they got to see a lot of racing at a bunch of different racetracks so uh you know and all of us oh a big thank you to david howe and nancy may because i'm on the board and i can't make it i'm not gonna lie there's no way Uh, i could ever do it with my schedule um and our schedule so there's no way i could do it so without people like that uh you know the fan club would be really strange so thank you to them
1: great job to everybody uh great great banquet great fan club banquet it was a lot of fun and uh looking forward to getting the season kicked off and uh, hopefully going back and being involved somehow next year uh, it, you know if if only to just go and and, and witness it. It'll be good. Uh, Rich, last uh, week and a half, two weeks, has been all about schedule releases, and we've had so much going on, we've kind of ignored them, so we got a long show. Anyhow, let's make it a little bit longer. Corrigan Oil Speedway, the big question mark of 2023 in terms of what's going to happen. Is this thing going to become uh, you know, the next Mall of America? Is it going to become some development property? Or are we going to only see Night of Destructions? Um, then we heard an old friend was coming back with Jim Leisure, and they've put out a 2024 schedule of events that looks pretty good uh if i may i'll run through it real quick some of the key dates Uh, may 3rd will be your unleashed your season opener uh friday nights modifieds late models pony stocks outlaw front wheel drives and mini wedges you got to have some special events though rich we know that in today's day day and age you got to keep the racetrack open somehow nitro tour monster trucks on may 11th um which that facility might just be perfect for some uh, for some monster truck action. Friday night racing with figure eights on May 17th. CRA late model sportsmen come into town on May 26th, along with All-American Trucks. Tri-State Sprint Car Series on June 7th. This is the new uh, uh, economy sprint car series that's trying to get started up. That's June 7th. And then, Rich, uh, we have a date there on June 9th. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, I'm a, it's fun. It's just really cool to be able to get back uh to Corrigan Oil Speedway after, you know, last year, you know, really really rather limited racing and not knowing what, like you said, not knowing what was gonna happen. But Jim Leisure uh back in charge of the house. So uh yeah, really looking forward to get back to Corgan Oil Speedway. June 9th. and
1: uh yeah. Yep, on June 9th, and and I'm sure the fans are, too. Jegs Series All-Stars Tour debut, by the way, if you didn't put that together, on uh, June 9th. Must-see Racing Sprint Cars return on June 21st. June 28th, they have their first Night of Destruction for you uh, Nod fans. July 5th, race night with fireworks on the National Compact Touring Series. A uh, couple of regular shows in there, as well. July 21st, special 75-lap modified event. Another couple of Friday nights, and uh, Rich... You're in a college town, you're in a, in a town with a professional college football team, you gotta you got to make sure that you're scheduling that appropriately. So August 16th will be championship night at Corrigan Oil Speedway. They'll run their traditional harvest on August 25th with a figure-eight championship night and then a final night of destruction on September 6th to wrap up their 2024 season. What do you think of that schedule? Um, I love any racetrack that has a schedule. I like
2: to be honest, that means they're they're operating. right? Yeah, no, exactly. No. So that great, great. But now I want to talk to you about Butler and you know, we've, we've looked at the schedule before, but there are two dates that are just huge to me and probably are going to mean a whole lot to you as, as well.
1: Well, uh, let's see if we're talking about the same two dates first and foremost, uh, opening night, May 4th. That'll be, may the 4th be with you, that'll be opening night 2024, High Limit Sprint Car Series. The first date with the asterisk next to it, 2024 Mace Thomas Classic, $12,085 to win on Saturday, June 1st. Rich, they're doing it early this year. Last year, we waited until almost the end of August to see the All-Star Circuit of Champions. This year, it happens early, June 1st. Mace Thomas Classic. That's got to be one of the dates you're looking at.
2: Yes, sir. You, and I think you know <coughs> the other one if you know me.
1: Oh, uh, let's see here. July 11th, Dirt Car Summer Nationals Hell Tour. $5,000 to win uh, for the late models and then modified special as well. Uh, that's got to be your other date that you're looking at. That's my Can't you see me dancing? Uh, but look yeah. at this date down <laughs> here, Rich France. August 24th, the Valvoline American Late Model Iron Man Series. Comes to Butler Motor Speedway, not once but twice for dirt car UMP late models at Butler in 24. What do you think about that? Um, that piques my interest, right? Yeah. Um, that,
2: that does pique my interest. but And maybe that will get up there. But right now, Summer Nationals Health Tour, the reputation, um, hopefully it's, it's in July 11th. So maybe we'll get a bunch more, you know, co- top guys in the points that have been following it. Uh, that earlier, that early in the summer, but uh, before the end of it. But uh, I'm real. I, I'm looking forward to both of them. But I think Summer Nationals Health Tour, yeah, that's probably first on on my
1: list. A couple other key dates: uh, Open Wheel or Open Wheel Spectacular will feature uh, non-wing traditional sprints alongside the four hundred and ten wing sprint cars on May eighteenth. Great Lake Super Sprints make their first appearance alongside the four hundred and ten wing sprint cars, which is always a fantastic show. If you want to see a good sprint car show. June 15th, 410s, 360s, separate divisions, two sprint cars for the price of one. Uh, It's going to be a great show, June 15th for that one. And then Great Lakes Super Sprints return on August 17th, uh, again, alongside the 410 sprint cars. So uh, twice in one season, you're going to get a chance to get the two-for-one special on sprint car racing at Butler. And then a couple other key dates that are always important. Fireworks night, best fireworks you'll see in the state. Uh, I'm going to say that. Uh, $1,776 to win for Modifieds on Fireworks Night. That'll be the Saturday after the Hell Tour, so 7-13, July 13th for that big special. Wilson Memorial July 27th. Fourth annual Terry Wilbur Memorial August 31st and seventh annual John Reeve Memorial on September 7th. Killer that's schedule.
2: What I, that, that's what I like Zach. Uh, they kept their traditional races that they've had and still added some top-notch shows from out of town. Uh, looking for looking for big things out of Butler in 2024.
1: Now, I'm going to I'm going to speak a little candidly here, Rich, and I'm going to say we go from one blockbuster to blockbuster schedules to one that may have been a little bit underwhelming when it was released this evening, Rich. Let's talk about Birch Run Speedway and Event Center. Um, we know that there's been some managerial changes over there. Their schedule released earlier this evening. Your impression when you look through it?
2: Um, pretty much house divisions, right? For the most part, uh, from top to bottom. I mean, outside of outside of uh, July twelfth with the Midwest Modified Tour, uh, it is a modified track, so uh, you know they run weekly there. But outside of that, uh, we have an open date, August twenty third. We'll have to see what fills in there. Yeah, if I look but at this,
1: if I look at this other schedule in my office, it also has an open date on August twenty third. So I'm hoping that those two puzzle pieces fit together. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just ironic that
2: those two dates are left blank on both of those schedules, yeah, right? Yeah. So they're they're working that out, uh, but outside of that, you know, they've thrown in some multiple Eve of destructions, and pretty much everything else is house racing uh, throughout the season. So uh, we'll we'll have to see. Have to see how that goes for Bertrand.
1: Yeah, I already fielded some questions, right? Key things missing. Uh, No reveal the hammer. No must-see racing sprint cars. No national compact touring series. Um, There's some things missing off of the schedule that fans have grown used to. So, uh, you know, new management. You're trying some different things. You want to see what works and what doesn't. I think this is going to be a big learning year for Bertrand to see what works and what doesn't as far as what fans want to see. And, um, you know, if it works, more power to them. If it doesn't. I just hope that they can make the the adjustments that are necessary, uh, you know, moving forward. All right. I think. Yeah. that's I think that's fair. Yeah, and not
2: not even just real the hammer, not even the the old staple that used to be there, the Dixie Classic 100 for the Outlaws. Yeah. That's not there either. So doesn't look like the Outlaws super late models are going to be at Birch Run in 2024. But uh, it's early. All you know, we we talk to a lot of promoters, Zach, and they say, oh, there might be a couple changes to the schedule. <laughs> well, it's it's only January. Exactly. Okay? So we'll have to wait and see, but uh, uh, everything that we're seeing now coming out is the first draft. Doesn't mean it's not the final draft, but it's the first draft, so it's all we have to look at right now.
1: By the way, Springport MidMichigan Speedway released a schedule uh, this week as well. That'll be on our social channels coming up this week as well. Uh, just don't have time to go through four schedules in, uh, in one show here rich it's time to get into our first interview of the night and uh this is a gentleman that we see quite a bit throughout the summer and we got to hang out with him on saturday as well he was honored as the michigan auto racing fan club promoter of the year for 2023 makes his home in merrill michigan barry Marlowe, welcome to horsepower happenings thank you
4: zach hey rich how you guys doing tonight
1: man it's uh, rich- it's it's good it's good to talk to you and uh You know, let's start with that, right? 2023 Promoter of the Year. And, you know, John Jackson, the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club president, starts introducing you. And he says, he, you know, he said, I can see him smiling at this table right now. And I asked you, I said, Did you have any idea? And you said, Absolutely not. Completely surprised. Just talk about it. You know, a fan club and a group of people that is, that was the theme all night. People that started out as fans and are now making a living in auto racing or maybe not necessarily making a living in your case, but that are completely invested in auto racing and their love for it started as a fan. And you spoke of that in, in your speech. And just talk about going from a fan to now being honored as a, as a promoter of the year by this organization. Well,
4: first of all, that's exactly right. If anybody's involved in racing at our level, at the grassroots level it's probably because they're a fan period and i i mean i didn't grow up with racing you know i i raced motocross my family went to places like milan speedway and norwalk speedway and that was very seldom you know they only knew how to go straight um so the dirt track deal really wasn't until i started selling fuel to you know these 22 tracks in ohio michigan and indiana and you know, I saw all different types of racing, but nothing tripped my trigger like I did when I saw the half miles, the dirt sprints on the half mile at I-96. And it was all over. <laughs> I mean, and then I, I'm i head over heels into racing now. I love your so,
1: recollection of that moment, too. Like, you remember the moment that you knew, I got to get involved in this thing, Um yeah. turn one at i-96 and they blow your pants off going into one and um you know yeah. somebody goes from the outside the third lane to the first groove on the bottom exiting two and it's a great story and uh, i encourage people to talk to you about it sometime when when they have a moment to go from that now to 2023 into 2024 and your efforts have been recognized um in multiple ways. I mean, you were on a national talk show with the MRNs wing nation, and now as promoter of the year, um, for, for the Michigan Auto racing fan club, just kind of put that in perspective of something that you've done out of love is now being really recognized by a lot of people.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, that's, first of all, if your goal is to get recognized, I would suggest other avenues than the one I took, but, um, my goal was never really to be recognized as much as I don't mind talking to people. And I'm passionate about talking about the things that I love and sprint cars is one of those and racing, but you know, I, I'm really behind the scenes, you know, like right now is our busy time of the year. Um, we, we make our season right now sponsors and lining up the tracks and getting together with tracks and, and all the things that we do, and I'd like to think that, that that's kind of my forte. I'm a logistics guy. And there's a lot of logistics to putting on races. Um, so I, I don't know how to really put it in perspective exactly, Zach. I mean, it's um, I love what I do. I really do. Um, it made me feel good when I woke up Sunday morning and my wife had found the, the trophy or the plaque that, that they had given me. Um, Saturday night yeah, because she was well asleep when I got it, and <laughs> yeah, I knew yes. it wasn't any use bothering her about it. Um, I sent a text to my son, and he said, cool.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Typical you know, teenager, right? Like, thing- <laughs> yeah, you know, so
4: woo,
1: but, I well, shared
4: with my family. But, but I'll tell you what, you do but, a good job.
1: Well, I think you do a good job containing your emotions. So, like, what, what were you feeling? I mean, humbled, uh, proud. I mean, what was that when they said Bury, yeah, Barry Yeah, well, Marlow. it's all
4: those. I, I mean— obviously I was humbled, you know, it's, a, uh, and it's hard to be humble. You know, here you are in front of all these other promoters, you know, the Ron Draggers of the world, you know, um, you know, Brendan Hamby who's taking over flat rock and Toledo with Ron here. I was going to work with Ron or with Brandon and it was really kind of cool for me to have him there, even though he went, asphalt route but he's with a great group of people um but when you're in a room with all of those people that have promoted for years and the thing here's a guy with a traveling series that is recognized as promoter of the year it, it felt good for me because that's the battle that i have with these tracks when i walk in to deal with them until they get to know me it's like well you don't really realize what we have to go through as a track But that's not true. Um, And I think that's why our schedule is looking like it is. Um, We're making a lot of headway into getting a lot of the good tracks in the tri-state area. Um, And I think that's what it means to me is that I'm humble. Of course, I'm proud. But I think it says a lot for all the guys that run with us and the tracks that we run with, that there's a little certain – I don't know if affirmation is the right word, but – It's like, hey, you know, we're working with some good people here, (laughs) Um, short of just telling them that, you know, it's kind of like some other people recognizing you for that.
2: Barry, I mean, everybody, most everybody that listens to our show, you know, they're familiar with your work with the Great Lakes family of sprint cars, but last year you did something different, and, you know, there was, the news came out that, you know, I-96 Speedway was, you know really up in the air and that they weren't going to be racing. And you really put that racetrack on your shoulders and made a big decision. And um, just talk about that decision and just how, how well it turned out and how important it was for your group. Well, it, it's, it's just not our group. It was important for the whole community
4: in I-96. And all I knew is, you know, we have a lot of new track owners in Michigan and, and a lot of people making a difference and doing a great job. You know, Tim Dibble works hard over at Hartford. Tim Wilbur and his family are doing great things at, at Butler. Um, and now you have the LeBarons at Crystal um, gave us one of the best sprint car tracks we had ever had there, at least in my time um, last year. And we put on some great races. So, You know, it's not to take anything away from any of those guys because they're doing great things, but we can't afford to lose another track. Um, And I just, that's all I could think about. Didn't know how I was going to pay for it and didn't know how we were going to do any of it. But all I knew is we couldn't let it close and we had to try something. And I realized it was sprint car heavy, but when you own three series that are all sprint cars, you kind of have some control over that schedule um it's difficult i it is a difficult thing going into a local track and putting an abbreviated schedule together and having regular weekly shows because you're not regular weekly um so we tried to do the best job we had we had the midwest compact tour come in you know for the compact cars um you know we 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 learned a lot with the stock car thing And it was really great having some Oakshade guys and some Butler guys that always wanted to race at I-96. And we just kind of opened that deal up. And it was a lot of fun for the fans. I don't know. uh, I think the guys had fun, too. Um, And, of course, the mods. I have a little more relationship with the mods and the late model guys. And, of course, those were late models and wing sprints together.
1: Man, those, those late model guys were knocking your door down to get that show rescheduled, weren't they?
4: yes they were um and and you know to do any of this out here all of us have day jobs our fans have day jobs you know we're we're blue collar working class people and you know so everybody wants the best bang for your buck and when you have the late models and the sprints together first of all it's a hell of a show for whoever comes um but it's a balance. The, the fans supported it last year. The cars supported it, you know, the drivers and the cars. And you need that. It's like a three-legged stool. You need the track, you need the fans, and you need the drivers. And then you could make it a four-legged stool, but those are the three. And then you've got the sponsors, you know, um, sponsors on the one side get, get advertising and and they're probably getting some other benefit as well um and they're a bonus and we need them but as far as i-96 last year we needed the fans to come out and they did we screwed up i screwed up i didn't pay that close of attention to the local county fair and i never meant to, to, to schedule a race against the local fair and I did, and I never really realized it until I was in Wyoming that night that it ran. So that was kind of our one screw up, but hey, you know <laughs> um and that's nobody's fault. It's just people people want to go to the fair, it's only one time a year, you know. So but it was it was quite the experience. Um there's a lot of coordination and it's really difficult when you live ninety five miles away from a track.
1: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um
4: You know, there's just, you can't drop in after work. You know, you kind of have to make a plan to go down there. Um, They did a great, you know, Larry, Larry and uh, Eric kept the yard mode and, and kept things going um, as the season went on. And that was great. And of course, Walt did a great job with the track. Um, We could always count on, on a really good track at I-96. And that's kind of a saving grace on race night. So
1: i don't know i mean i got a lot of
4: emotions about it you know it it was more than i should have done and i know that i knew it going in guys (laughs) i i knew i knew i didn't have the time to do it but i also knew that i didn't want to lose i-96 speedway in michigan either
2: barry you said you said um you know you said you wanted to do it but you didn't know how you were going to pay for it and that's another way of saying your tail was on the line each time those gates open um you're one of the few promoters that I know that go down on, inside the infield when your cars are on track, and when the features start, um, you're giving props to each one of the drivers that show up to race for you that night. What's it like being down there in the infield, and you look up and you, at, at a race you're promoting, and you can't find an empty seat in the house?
4: Um, I get goosebumps. Almost, almost the same as I get when, when the sprint cars come out of turn four, and I'm standing in the bottom the infield um you know it, it is exciting because people are supporting it because without without fans without the fans there we couldn't do that you know it, it's a tough it's tough it's, it's just a tough industry you know that's all there is to it racing is expensive everything is expensive anymore you know when you try to find a happy price point that people can afford to bring their families you want to keep the show running. You know, that was probably the number one thing on my list was I want to shoot for the shows being done at ten thirty? Yeah. I want families walking out of the grandstands, holding their kids' hands, not having them over their shoulders, like a sack of potatoes, <laughs> like I've seen yeah. in the past. Um, and we had a lot more interaction in the pits. You know, the drivers miss seeing the fans after races, but when you're done at one in the morning, nobody wants to come down the pit. Everybody just wants to get out of there. But if you're done at 10 o'clock or 1030, guess what? Hey, we got an extra hour. Let's go down and see the drivers. Let's go down and see the Greg Dahlmans and Dustin Daggetts and Max Stambaus and, you know, all those guys out there that they see on the track. And that's what it's about.
1: Um, So. Last thing on the promoter of the year, because I think, you know, not only had to do with your work with Great Lake Super Sprints and traditional sprints and lightning sprints, but also with I-96. What does 2024 look like? I know that this, your goal was this to be a one-time thing to get them through 2023. Um, You know, it's it's weird, right? Because we're in silly season. Um, I know that you are still heavily involved and you've got great connections, even share some people that are helping I-96 Speedway. So what does your involvement look like now? Well,
4: I knew at the end of the season, um, you know, I told Larry, I, I gave him all my numbers. I did a nice spreadsheet and showed him the the blacks and the red numbers. And And so he had some guidelines. And, you know, Larry lost his dad the first of the year. Oh, man. I lost, my mother-in-law passed away here last week. So we've kind of touched base and and talk to each other a little bit, but knowing that each of us are going through some family things. But I told Larry from the start that I can't really, I can't take the whole, whole thing on my shoulders this year. You know, we have a lot of positive things going on with the sprints, but I'm a gypsy by trade. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm geared and I'm, I'm cut to travel from track to track, put on a show, load up, and go to the next track, um, and that's just the way Great Lake Super Sprints is. That's the way our model is. So to have brick and mortar, it, it just changes that dynamic. And with me living so far away, I can't take away from my series and invest more money into something that I, you know isn't a long-term plan for me. Um, but I offered my help. I offered to run them the nights I'm there, which is at least six times, I know, um, and help with anything that I could possibly help with promotion-wise, help with advertising, you know, help with all the -the behind-the-scenes things that I can do from my living room or from my pickup on the road. Um, But as far as, you know, the financial commitment, other than what I do when I work with them, on our shows, um I I just can't take that whole burden. I mean there there's you know, you got twenty thousand dollars worth of food sitting there. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. just all these other things and I just don't have I, I really that's not in my budget yep. I have inventory sitting someplace like that. So mm-hmm. It, there's there, there's just a lot to it. Well, there
1: with really your is. with your 2024 schedule, <clears throat> just with the super sprints alone, not counting the other two divisions that you are responsible for, I don't know how you'd have time uh, to do anything with a racetrack uh, anyhow. So let's dive into that a little bit. Uh, you released your 2024 schedule a couple of weeks ago, and it's aggressive and it looks more aggressive than I think it actually needs to be. Uh, just because, right, there's there's been a dissolving and an absorption, and everything is now under one name the way God intended it. Um, but you still have your north and your south points. You still have your tour points. But when you look at the schedule, it's all one great big schedule, and uh, drivers know they have the opportunity to pick and choose if they need to. So let's talk about that a little bit, highlight some of those key. You mentioned it at the top. You're going to a lot of really cool racetracks. You're returning to some really cool racetracks that you've been to in the past, and um, you're also making some debuts in '24. That's going to be really awesome.
4: Yeah, I'm excited about it. You know, one of my goals is to because we're a working class group, um, and but we have guys spread out from, you know, Troy, Ohio, all the way up to Midland, Michigan, and from south bend and and st joe area all the way to sandusky or to you know eastern ohio so some tracks are going to be close to some of the guys and some tracks aren't and it kind of balances it out and that's what you do as a traveling series you know some sometimes the guys have a home game and sometimes they got to
1: travel yeah, exactly um
4: and um So I have a lot of things that roll into what we're trying to do. I am kind of proud of the fact that if you look at it, you know, all those races are east and west from Hartford, Michigan to Fremont. And from north and south from Lawrenceburg, Cincinnati area to Crystal. Yeah. And that's not. It's not to me. I mean, I'm, I travel. I don't think anything of driving 500 miles, but <laughs> um, so I'm not a good guy to ask. But still, that's a really pretty compact area for somebody that travels to race sprint cars. You know, you take where all of our cars are, and I say, I, I would say a lot of them fit up in the upper northwest Ohio, north northeastern Indiana, and southern Michigan area. Well, you you put all that on a map, and that's a pretty good schedule for those people. Um, I catch a little grief on the north, the south, the tour. Um, The tour really is Great Lakes Super Sprints, and that's really what I'm trying to go to. But I I don't feel myself that I can get rid of the north and the south because – I need I need all the cars I can get. You don't want to go south
1: you don't want to box yourself in. I, I get what you're saying, right? If you give drivers they feel like they have the option to run for a championship if they run all of the north races, but don't necessarily run everything south of the Michigan border, or vice versa, if somebody can commit to running all of the races south of Michigan, but not necessarily, you know, go up to Michigan and still feel like they have an opportunity to race for a championship and then you get guys who don't care and will just go to everything, uh, you probably up your average car count. Am I doing a good job surmising that? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. We'll work on that. But, no, that's
1: exactly <laughs> really what I'm doing. I'll, I'll, have a script. You know, I'll have a script by April. It'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, what I've learned is you basically, the the guys, a lot of our guys that have sprint cars, whether they're just starting Or, you know, where their budget is, a lot of guys are kind of geared to run 15 races, you know, 14 to 20. Okay, let's say that range. And then you have the the next tier of guys that they want to race as much as they can, but they still have a job. And, um, but they're willing to travel. And that next tier is about 35 to 40 races. So it isn't by chance that my target is 40 races. Sure. My experience is I'm going to lose five to seven races due to rain or weather. Okay. Last year we had 41 races scheduled. One got canceled because of technical difficulties. I think that was merit. They had problems with their <laughs> flag stand or yes. whatever. And then, and then we had six rainouts so we lost seven races last year and we ended up with 34 races. So it kind of you know, because I want to kind of keep the guys home. You know, I I want I want to have a, a fairly aggressive schedule for the and keep the good cars that want to run 35 40 races with us and still have those guys have the opportunity that hey I can run 14, 15, 16 races, and that's my schedule. And that's what I'm committed to for my local sponsors and, and so on. You know, it's definitely a building block. Um, but, of course, I want some of those guys to come to some of these other tracks. And I'm hoping by picking up the Gas Cities and the Lawrenceburgs and, and Muskegon County and, you know, Oakshade and some of these other tracks that we we don't frequent all the time, that just the guys wanting to have it on their bucket list to come race. Hey, I want to go to that track. I've never raced that track. Is going to bring some extra cars. So that's the balancing act I'm trying to do.
2: Barry, just in case anybody's wondering, you know, you did this last year with the Buckeye and Wolverine division. um, And I'm sure you reached out to your teams and asked how, because that was the first time that was done once you took that over. Um, What kind of feedback did you get from your teams? And obviously um, they want to continue doing that because your decision to come back doing it that way in 2024.
4: Um, You know, I really don't get a lot of direct feedback. Didn't get a lot of direct feedback on that. Um, I learned a valuable lesson myself. And a lot of it was the points because I kind of, if I can use this word, I kind of screwed ourselves on a couple of t- races um, because they weren't points for a different group. And so I've kind of, I kind of had to do some massaging and that hasn't been released. We're going to, I'm really hoping in the next 10 days to announce our, our new points fund. We have a new, we actually have three new sponsors that are going to pick up the whole points fund for 2024, and I'm really excited about it. Um, and I think a lot of the naming, the naming things and, and retiring in the NRA will become clearer <laughs> when they see our announcement that I, that we're trying to work on right now. Um, and it's all marketing, that's what it is. It's all marketing and dollars and, and getting people to help participate you know, to keep a value there. So these guys can still race.
2: Barry, Zach and I, I, know, I have been around yeah, what you were asking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, uh, we we've, Zach and I have multiple traveling series. And I guess the biggest thing is always that, that Zach and I have always talked about is how many do you get that actually follow every single race? Is that something that's on your mind? Or are you just worried about, would you, you know, do you, a lot of times, you know, you're only going to get three, four or five guys that are at every single race. Does that matter to you? Or are you just worried about uh, having enough cars 20, 20 twenty-some cars—to put on a show each night?
4: Well, of course it matters to me. I mean, um, but I don't—I don't sit and dwell on on that particular thing. It, It's—I want guys—I want guys to want to come first and foremost. If somebody doesn't want to come, I'm not going to be on the phone. And you don't—I don't do that. I—I I can count on two fingers the amount of times in eight years that I've really been worried about cars and tried to call people. Um, I want people to be to those races and I'm gonna put on a show with the ones that are there and who wanna be there. So I don't don't sit and dwell on who's gonna follow the whole thing. Like last year, I didn't expect anybody to have to follow the whole thing. That's why I didn't even have points or I didn't pay any points fund for the tour because i didn't know how it was going to shake out as it turned out max tambaugh ended up being the only one to run all of them um phil Gressman would have been right there with him but he had engine problems late after he had a couple engine problems during the season and the engines just ran out at the end of the season but um you know the i think we'll do a better job in the future. Um, I'm revamping how we pay out the points fund. The points fund will reward the guys that run all the races. I'm still going to pay the guys that that don't come to all the races. I'm not, hey, I'm happy to have them. I want them to come. But if they only run 70%, then they're going to get paid 70% for the points. But I'm going to take that 30% and spread it out to the guys that ran all of them. So those are just internal things for me to work on to get people to do that um when we started out my best year we had 16 people ran 95 percent or better of our races in the you know that was probably year three maybe um and it's kind of dwindled here the last couple years but we've added a lot of races and a lot of traveling (laughs) so but our car counts haven't changed (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, ironically, yeah,
1: exactly. That I've says, been at
4: twenty five point five cars
1: for almost six years. I was just sitting here thinking, you know, you you you, you may lose those guys that are there ninety percent of the time, but also you 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 have the other field guys that are there the other part of the yeah. time. It's just weird how that works, isn't it? Well, it
4: really is, and 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 that's why I don't dwell on it. I I know that a lot of it is the program that I put together. And how I how I try to take care of the guys, um. So, but just for instance, last year, we had 152 different cars, wow, teams, raced with us in 2023. 152, but there's no 360s around. They're dying, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs>
4: yeah. I mean, my best year to that point was 116. Wow, teams. And we just blew that out of the water, and then to add to the competitive competitiveness of it, we had seventeen different feature winners in thirty-four races.
1: That's awesome, Barry. We've um, uh, we've been we still have. Go, go ahead. Oh, I was just I was just going to. <clears throat> I don't want the others to feel left out. Is all I was saying is we've been focusing heavily on the wing three sixties, which is kind of the the uh, parental leader of the pack, if you will, um, but a really great non-wing program that you're continuing to build and develop. And um, we're seeing now where you said this Great Lakes Lightning Sprints, uh, you, yeah, I think you coined it perfectly. You have this opportunity for drivers who want to get started in wing sprint car racing, or you have drivers who want that affordable option to return to wing sprint car racing. you got the three stepping stones, no matter how you organize them. Um, let's I just briefly a uh, couple of couple of thoughts on both of your your non wing traditional sprints and your lightning sprints okay
4: well let's let's start off with the lightning sprints since you ended with them um, I'm proud of that group we last year for the first time in in our since we started with them which was for year four we averaged twenty cars per race um, that's great. We have a lot of new guys coming in. And we've had modified drivers. We've had street stock drivers. We even had late model drivers jump in a Lightning Sprint to try it out. Um, with the cost of some of these street stocks and some of them what their engines are costing, um, they can you know they can jump into a pretty decent Lightning Sprint to try it out and buy the whole thing for ten grand and race all year and they could probably damn near get their money out of it. So I think that's as affordable as it gets and they're fast. <laughs> on on any given night when we run together, they may only be off the leaders in the three sixties by a second. <laughs> so yeah. that puts them still the fastest car at the at any dirt track if the wings aren't the full size wings aren't there. So it's an exciting group. Um, you have battles. You got battles with motors and and what you're going to allow and what you aren't going to allow, and that's a challenge. But right now we're still trying to build it, and until we have enough cars to really, you know, I really don't want to chase anybody away right now. Initially, and, and I don't I don't mean it that way. I don't mean initially. <laughs> we're chasing away later. I don't mean it that way. <laughs> But um, <laughs> right. what I mean is, you know, it's not like I have 50 cars and we really need to clamp down on this. And, you know, hey, we just we're just now averaging 20 cars right. per race. So, you know, let's get that build up and then then we can see which direction we really want to go as a group. So. Um, but it's, it's a great place to start. It's a place, great place to end. It's just a great place to be, really, if you like sprint cars, because they're so fast. Um, and the non-wing, I'm going to have a challenging year this year. I had a really aggressive year last year. Non-wing in our region um, is really taking a hit right now. Yeah. Um, Indiana is the heart of it all, even though that's the byline for the state of Ohio the heart of the non-wing racing and uh you got long time traditional tracks that ran weekly non-wing programs that if they aren't cutting them out they might only be running an abbreviated season well that gets even harder now to keep that car around so um and we had some challenges last year. Um, we there's there's kind of two groups of non-wing emerging. You know you you've got you got the the steel block guys, and then you got the guys that want to be USAC competitive. I mean that's a little bit drastic, but yeah. Um, and it but it, it's it's really hard when you need all those cars to fill out the field. And it's a difficult thing to try to keep everybody happy. Um, I tried that last year, even though I know you can't possibly keep everybody happy, but I still try. <laughs> um, I mean, is I, it, I, it's just in my...
1: Are they that far am, apart but, that, I mean, like a weight break or things like that just don't even it enough?
4: Well, that's on my agenda the next two weeks. is really. I'm trying to put together about a 14-race schedule for the non-wing this year. Um, I think that'd be a, you know, MTS there, you know, the few years before I, I got with Joey, you know, there was, they were running seven, eight races
1: some right, of those years. Right.
4: So um, so I think 14 is a, still a pretty nice schedule, Yeah. Um, but we're losing tracks, <laughs> you know, right now we've got, you know, I don't know what's going on at Tri-City Merritt, winston um you know we we don't know right now you know are they gonna run oh i'm guessing they probably will but i don't know what you know i don't know if we're going to be there um there's not a lot of communication right now yeah so it's hard when you eliminate three tracks out of out of your potential pool you know um so there's a lot of challenges it's not as simple as it seems at times
1: well, Barry, um, looking forward to it, man. Um, big schedule. Excited to be a part of it. And um, congratulations on that promoter of the year, dude. That that, I mean, that's big. Uh, that's voted on by your peers. Uh, that's voted on by people who watch what you do. Um, I, I think it's well-deserved. And I'm looking forward, I know you are too, to getting 2024 rolling, get to some of these racetracks, get back to some of these racetracks, see race cars again in person. Uh, we didn't even talk about... <clears throat> Uh, putting sprint cars on ice again in two months, uh, which I know you'll be uh, announcing some details on that coming up here pretty soon on your social media. Um, mm-hmm. But, man, we are we are strapped for time right now, so I'd say <laughs> anybody who wants yeah. to learn more, uh, greatlakesprints.com. That's greatlakesprints.com, and then you can choose your series that you want to investigate from there. And Brooke has been doing a knockout job, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. TikTok, uh, anywhere that you're on social media, uh, Great Lake Super Sprints is probably there as well. So, uh, great job on that end too, Barry. Thank you for making time for us, man, and, and congratulations on everything you've done so far. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate everything you guys do, and and I appreciate giving me some time. I, uh,
4: but I am honored. I am honored to the Michigan Auto Racing Club for the, the award. I really am. It it means a lot to me. Um, it really does. So thank you for the time. And we're looking forward. We're going to put a pin, We're going to put a fork in 2023. All the banquets are done and the awards are given and, and it's time to get down to it and, and start promoting
2: 2024. And Zach, now on the phone lines, uh, we have the gentleman we got to share a table with at the Michigan auto racing fan club banquet. And I get to share a booth with him throughout the summertime at flat rocket Toledo back for Gary. Did you know for the month of January, Gary Lindahl, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings.
3: Welcome, you guys, and very nice job that you guys did together at the uh, fan club banquet. Thank you. Uh, that that was nice, and uh, it was a nice new program that you had going on there, with sped things up a little bit. What'd you so. think of
1: that? What'd you think of the no interviews? Uh, I, the no I thought it was great.
3: And... Personally, myself, you know, it's different if you just have, you know, um, a division or two, but when you have a hundred and five. <laughs> that you're giving out awards that makes it a little tough to have an interview with each one of them
2: 27 minutes gary <laughs>
3: 105,
2: 105 champions and it, and it didn't even seem
3: rushed did it really not really i didn't uh, no i didn't think it was rushed at all and one more thing before we get start, started Go Lions!
1: Yeah, there you go. that's right. Uh, go Lions. Yes, sir. All right, Rich, let's let's reveal the answers from Quiz 32. Uh, I think I have that right, Quiz 32, because we're going into 33, I believe.
3: Yeah. <coughs> yes, it was. Yeah,
1: and uh, I've got people's answers from our quiz up on, on our social media. We'll let Gary reveal the answers. We'll see if anybody got them.
3: All right,
2: let's start. this. This is Quiz 32 from December. Gary, are you ready? i'm ready All right. question number one what was sparky young's favorite kind of car
3: sparky young was very talented in the sportsman modified division and he ran angola butler manchester and all those back when uh, they'd get like a hundred cars a night in that division and he was one of the big winners along with uh... another guy larry zimmerman and uh, many many others so sportsman modified
2: zach anybody get it
1: now, now, a lot of people uh, said that his favorite, his favorite car to run was his blue uh, number twenty nine coupe. Uh, but they struggled to find what that uh, class was called back then. So I don't know if you, you give you know that, what give that and to, to be them honest
3: with you. That's what he ran was a blue number twenty nine
1: coupe. So there you All go. Right, we're we're going to give him that one credit. Yeah, fifty yeah. percent credit on that one. All right. <laughs> uh, so Jason, uh, Jason uh, Dvorak, and Brad Bergerman got those. So there you go. Well, All
3: right, that give- is true. All right,
1: Gary, question number two. What was
2: unique about Manchester Speedway's late model class?
3: This was interesting, and this made for a fun Friday night. If you went to Manchester, it didn't matter what you ran. You watched street stocks, bombers, figure eights, and outlaw late models, and that's what the class was. That was a late model class. They ran everything under one umbrella.
1: Jason Vorzak says in the last couple of years before they closed on nights with low car counts, they'd run late models together with all other classes at the same time.
2: Imagine that. Yeah, there you go. All right, Gary, question number three. Who won the very last feature on dirt at Auto City Speedway?
3: See, now this one would probably get a lot of guys that figured out it was an outlaw late model race. However, their short track was also dirt. And the winner was Totem Brab's. (laughs) Ah,
1: nobody had it. Nobody had it. Well, uh, guess
3: what? Be- and it was on dirt, so they were both dirt. So you know. Yeah,
1: Brad. Brad guessed the flying farmer Frank Cedar, and Jason guessed John Doring Jr. Yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess I didn't what? say on the half mile dirt. <laughs> I just said on the dirt. <laughs> okay, See, those are trick questions. Yeah. Yeah. So none of our uh none of our s- figure it out. None of our swag is in jeopardy this week, which I'm okay with. So final question, Gary. Uh, go ahead and read it, Rich. Gary, what was Gary McKinley's favorite car number?
3: And it was a number three. And Gary McKinley was a really neat guy. And he ran, he was one of those guys that ran the MSPA, Michigan Speedway Promoters Association, ran a lot of different racetracks and everything like that. And he was just one of those characters. You know, you needed characters that were racing then. And he was a fun guy after the races to have a beer with.
1: I tell you what, I don't know if you saw this, Gary, but Kurt tagged Angie on Facebook and said, Angie McKinley Barber knows the answer to question four, and she says, Dad, Gary McKinley's favorite number was three with a couple of hearts behind it. So she said, couldn't tell you the answer to any of the other ones, but Dad's favorite number was three. So that was pretty well, cool.
3: Well, guess what? She's absolutely right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was pretty cool. So I think she'd know. Yeah. So, hey, nice job, Jason. Uh, three out of four ain't bad, but it ain't good enough to get you any swag. Uh, Brad, a great yeah. a great shot, as always. Um, but let's see if we can give away swag uh, on, on quiz number 33, Gary.
3: Okay, and you know, and this, uh, you know, this is doable. I, I thought it was doable, myself personally. But we'll see. You make up we'll the questions. Right of
1: course, you think it's doable.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I did the questions, of course. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Gary. Anyway, we'll move right into question number one. This driver won the big modified race at Syracuse on the mild dirt, and then won the snowball derby on pavement. Two months. Two months later, the only driver to do it.
2: See, now remember I that? knew I knew he won the snowball derby. I did not know anything because I was not a fan, a dirt fan. So I would, I wouldn't have guessed Syracuse in my life. But I remember him winning the snowball derby. That's for sure. I'm
1: just happy I recognize the go. name. <laughs> huh? I'm just happy I <laughs> recognize the name. <laughs> yeah. Zach,
3: you're you're way younger. I know. I know. Sure. Yeah. Okay, this uh, this next one, number two, and I always liked it because they always had unique numbers, you know, for a lot of different cars and whatnot. Yeah, like I think
1: that. we should bring this back. This is a cool. This is a I cool really question. do too. Yeah.
3: Who drove the Four Clubs number Sprint car? Somebody's gonna get this. I would think so. I think so for sure. Yeah, I think so. I would totally think so, you know. But I always thought it was neat when they had you know numbers like that and everything, you know, like a. Uh, You know, like Nolan Swift and the 10-pins back in the day. Yeah. The cars were iconic, and they were named, and you knew them, you know? Yeah. Anyway, okay, we're going to see how people were paying attention on this next question, (laughs) right, Rich? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you got to sneak in on something like this. Question number three. In a recent conversation, how many years has Lindahl done the quiz?
2: Rich, would you remember? Attention,
3: you would know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would have known it, but I didn't. I, I guess, Gary, let's qualify. Are you including the the going on three years now that you've done the quiz with us? Yes. Okay. Yep. Then I know.
1: <laughs> I was I was part of the conversation, and I think I'd still have been a dud on that one. That's not very good. That's not good. And and if anybody
2: who's listening, if if you need to figure out the conversation, you better start going through. Yeah, that's right. They're going to be When
1: when did they do a show? When did they do a show? Yeah. yeah mm-hmm.
3: I'm just trying to give you guys some props, so they got to go back and you know. If they, I like it, and I'm sure like Bergeron and a couple of them, they will do that. Oh, they
1: will. They will.
3: Yes, they will. I know. I-
2: all right, Gary. This what? one is just this one's just like question number two. I think somebody's going to get it too. But go ahead.
3: Oh, I, I would think so. What was known as the dollar sign?
1: What was known as the dollar sign? Yeah. Huh. How
3: about that? All right. I would think uh, you're right, Rich. I would think people would get this if they had been paying attention to many years ago and everything like that. So, what what era you think, Gary? That's from? Oh man, uh, that's. Uh, that era goes quite a ways. Well, you're I no help.
0: <laughs>
3: no, because I'm not going to give everybody i I'm, really, I'm
1: trying to sneak a clue out of you. That was a politician's yeah. answer, if I've ever heard one. Oh, quite a ways. Wasn't it, though?
3: <laughs> I could have been a politician.
1: Yeah, well, Gary, what do you think? I got uh, the hair
3: for it, anyway.
1: Hey, you do have nice hair. Uh, <laughs> and, and a great mustache, as well. Um, Thank you very much. Gary, Let's talk. Uh, let's talk something just slightly here. What do you think, San Francisco 49ers, uh, A week from yesterday, we see them for an NFC Championship. Th- Will we get one in our lifetime?
3: I uh, I certainly am hoping, but you know, at this point in time, anything can happen. I know everybody's going 49ers at home; they're going to clock them. But <laughs> I just uh, you know the last <laughs> that last
1: that last totally
3: <laughs> surprise me this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I you, think know, so, you too. know Gary
2: Zach and I were watching on the phone. Because we were busy at the banquet and we were watching the San Francisco Packers score and the Packers had them almost the whole
3: game, right? They did. They They had them and And they should have beat them.
2: And if Green Bay can do it, I don't see any. The way the Lions are playing right now, I don't see any reason why the Lions can't do it. The same thing.
1: I think when we I talk, uh, when we talk next month, it'll be. Let me see here. The Super Bowl is when on the eleventh, so it'll be after. Yes, the, it after the, the Lions,
2: Li- the Lions would have already won the Super Bowl. That's by then.
1: exactly right. We'll talk after a Lions Super Bowl win. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a beautiful thing, wouldn't it, guys? <laughs> oh, it's uh, it makes me laugh just thinking about <laughs> it. We, we might have to have a couple cases of Pepsis on that show. That shelf. one might take a while yeah. to get through, that's for sure.
3: The Gar- amazing thing, we're even talking about Gosh, this.
1: you know what? I posted it on Facebook today. There's only four teams in the NFL still working this week, and your Lions are one of them, so how about it?
3: I know. Isn't that awesome? That's great. That's great.
1: Gary, appreciate you, man. Thank you for the Did You Know. Always.
3: Thank you, guys. All right. See ya.
2: And Zach on the phone lines now for our next guest. Uh, we run into this gentleman all the time during the summertime, um, and he got his twenty twenty four season kicked off early this weekend. Uh, originally from Rochester Hills, Michigan, uh, Kevin Creminesi. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. I've, uh, I've listened to a few, and I'm happy to be here. Um, talk to me. Uh, I guess you didn't probably
2: didn't have the weekend you wanted down there at Cordial, but just. Kind of walk me through your weekend because uh not a lot of guys from up here uh kind of made it down down there or were ready to go
0: down there yet. yeah, so we had a we had a good end of the twenty twenty three season of Winchester finishing third and the the cars in one piece and really didn't have to do a whole lot to it so um i've got I've got some family down in in Georgia and Florida, so they were able to come out, and uh my whole family was able to go down there, so we went down Wednesday. Um, open practice day, Thursday, we unloaded actually really well. Um, all of our, all of our heights were set, right? Everything off the trailer. We really didn't have to adjust a whole lot, um, on the overall balance of the car had a good platform, took me to kind of the first set to figure out the track. And, and even then I can kind of relate it to a birch run, but it's more banked. And then having an inside wall is not something I've ever raced a track with before, so That took a little bit of getting used to and getting the line down. Um got one and two down pretty quick to reinforce them a little bit longer, but we were we were P five in the second practice set when we went to the new tires, so that was that was good. We were fifth to eleventh ish place in practice all Thursday. So, you know, pretty had a pretty good feeling being a fifth tenth place car out of you know, twenty eight, I'd argue one of the best fields I've ran in, maybe maybe about the same as Winchester in twenty two. Yeah. Um and yeah, I had good speed. Friday continued to have good speed in, in practice and um, qualifying. I I kind of overdrove both corners, of the second lap a little bit, not so much one and two as, as much as three and four and um, kind of missed the exit of four and still ran two tenths faster than we were in all qualifying. So ended up 11th, three spots out of the redraw. But I mean, I think if I, there's maybe another tenth in it. So we, we could, have. I think the car definitely had it in it to be in the redraw. So that would have, Would've been cool, but um, still a, a good good result overall. And then the uh, the race kind of took a a little bit for me to. I mean, got out pretty good. Started eleventh, ended up in tenth. Um, kind of rode there. Nasty got biased. He was he was kind of hauling the mail there at the beginning, so we got spaced out though. Lost the guys in front of me a little bit, and I think we had a few cautions. And um, I maybe didn't do so so much of a good job on a few restarts, but. We're starting to make our way back forward. I think we fell back to maybe about like 14th, and then um, was getting back up there, running like 12th and 10th, and, and lined up eighth on the restart. And we did an issue in practice of of the ignition wire shorting out, and thought we found a fix for it. So repaired in practice, never had an issue. And then under that last caution, I think when um, they were after racing for the lead, kind of happened again. So stopped on the stretch. was able to fire it up again, and then came out at two on the restart and put my foot down and it died. So, Ugh. so ignition wire finally, finally burned up at the weakest spot behind the switch. So thankfully it happened off two and not off four. Cause not only I would have been needing a new rear clip, but a bunch of other people would have too. So I'm, I'm very thankful I was able to get out of the way and not cause anything for anybody else. But what a, what a, help, what a hopeless feeling that. that's
1: got to be too, by the way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, go, going into the restart, I kind of, knew it was probably a matter of time before the whole thing you know shorted out somewhere again and burned up but was hoping we could make it to the end but yeah i mean we lined up eighth there i think the back half of the race is is typically better for me in general you know i'm i'm typically pretty good at whether it's by design or just how i end up driving at at saving tires so i think we we could have ended up fifth to tenth i think we were still a fifth to tenth place car but um overall having the car come home in one piece and needing to fix 20 bucks worth of wiring is not, not too bad, definitely going down there with people we don't normally race against with the campy guys and and Bubba and Rackley and, and not really being honestly too far off of them was a really good feeling
1: You know, it's interesting, you kind of compared that racetrack to Birch Run at the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Banquet at the table that Rich and I were sitting at, they were trying to find something to compare Cordial to and the only laps that I've ever turned competitively uh, were not competitively. It was, uh, track drying. So technically it wasn't competitively. Now me and the other officials may have been stop watching our times around the track while we were drying it, (laughs) but it wasn't official. There was no race monitor involved. And I said, I wonder if it's kind of like a Berlin, but it was interesting that you compared it to Birch Run. Um, what, I mean, what are the qualities that you, that you found in that? Honestly, it was more so just the line you run. And it was,
0: it's a fair – I mean, being on the track, the inside wall kind of throws a lot of stuff off because it makes the track feel um, smaller than it actually is. Like, we ran uh, more – like, a bigger gear there than we do a Birch Run, you know, meaning that we're running faster there than we are a Birch Run at the end of the straightaway. But, I mean, when you're on the track, it doesn't feel like it. I think because you can't see the whole track when you're on it because of that inside wall. But three and four kind of has the same, like – you have to hit it right. You have to be on the brakes right in the right spot. You have to get the car to cut all the way across the track down to the inside wall and come low off of turn four. That makes it's sense. Pretty similar to three and four Birch Run. One and two, is, I wouldn't really say is like Birch Run. A lot of people were comparing it to Pensacola, which I've only ever turned laps on on iRacing. But, I mean, if, if I want to relate it to that, one and two is pretty similar to Pensacola. You know, maybe it's just with sort of the inside wall aspect, but... Um, yeah, I wouldn't say one and two is like birch run, but three and four pretty much is. One and two, I really couldn't relate to anything I've run before. So that was that part was cool, being in a new track and, and it kind of being an, just a new track that I hadn't run on a similar one before in general. Kevin, in case anybody um, hadn't known you or heard from you before,
2: um, if you follow the JEGS-SERI All, All-Stars Tour the last couple of years, um, you have noticeably increased uh your program and your abilities. Just talk about these last couple of years because it just seems like every track that we go to, you're always near the front.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, we, I started three years ago. So I, I grew up racing quarter midgets from, from 2004 to 2011 and took one year off, raced a sportsman at Owasso for four years. And then started college and, and college is expensive. I think as everybody knows, and, and that class kind of had its issues as well. So we sold that car, and um, I kind of went around with <clears throat> with Kyle, Trump, and and helped them, and uh, and Blake, and and Curtis, and and you know people that I knew from Owasso, and and had helped them throughout college, and then um, started three years ago because obviously I missed it and something I've done my whole life. So it was a huge learning curve, even having people like that to help that have that you know have been doing it for the past ten years, and uh, a lot of I mean, I think everybody knows it, but sea time is still just, like, the most important thing. Um, you know, was, there was a big difference, at least for me. I was really bad at Birch Run, for example, the first time. And, and going back there three times a year, that that certainly helps. And then, um, I mean, obviously, I've I've learned a lot about, you know, th- this type of car in particular and, and how to set it up and, and the way that we go about doing that before each race, I think, you know, this last race of core deal is the best we've done in the past three years for sure. With at least how we unloaded, everything was everything was pretty much spot on. Um, and I mean that that's testament to to how hard my dad works at it too, and and both of us just you know we we get a lot of support from Van Doren that I'm very thankful for. But it's just us two working on it, sending it up in the garage before we go out there. So it's so it's definitely very rewarding being able to go to new places like that, and even throughout all of last year. You know, I think generally, except for maybe a wasaw I was qualifying in the top three pretty much every race. And I know we only finished finished up there once, but um, I think the speed was there, you know, save save a few executions by me, uh, you know, screwing up a couple times. But um, certainly year over year, it's uh, it seems like an exponential improvement.
1: Well, and, you know, you you mentioned the finishes, and I could be incorrect, but I thought you matched your career best, uh, a couple of times podium uh, this last season. Oh, yeah, was it yeah, only yeah. once? You're right. you're right, I think. Okay, I, think I, I, trying I was trying Winchester to give you like a lot of credit, but I was a little nervous there.
0: <laughs> no, 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 you're right, you're right. I, uh, I appreciate you having a better memory than I do. But, yeah, Win- Winchester, we were, for I don't know for whatever reason, but, you know, every time, even the I wasn't able to go to Winchester the first year because I got, actually got COVID. Um, but even in 2022, both races, we were really fast. Then the Winchester 400 weekend in 22, I mean, I was running third before I got tagged, and, and that mess happened, but, um, I mean, that was that was a really stout field to cars as well. So we've always been good at Winchester, and um, we're just way too tight there this year, but, I mean, our baseline for Birch Run and even Owasso, we just, I think last year, the most important thing was that we, we unloaded off the trailer a lot better than we had the previous two years, um, which is just a testament to Again, how how hard my dad works at it and and what
1: we're able to learn each and every week and the people that are around us are extremely helpful. A fast qualifier in 2022. I just looked it up. Jeg Stats. uh, Fast qualifier in 2022 at Flat Rock. And then third place at Owasso in June. Third place at Winchester in October. Um, This feels like, you know, you go from fast qualifier to third place, third place, JEGS Tour winner in 24, JEGS Tour championship in 24. I mean, the sky's the limit here, Kevin. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the support you've got with Van Dorn. Their whole thing is really coming together and really picking up steam as well. Um, I mean, you, you look at that and you look at how you're improving, and your confidence has got to be going up too as, as you start to, you know, match career best finishes and, and knock some records down. I know you were a little bit emotional when I talked to you on the front stretch at Owasso to get that finish knocked down and, and to get that taken care of.
0: Yeah, I think honestly, yeah, that was the first time we'd actually made it to tech um, being in the top three. So, I mean, it, obviously I raced at Wausau for, for a few years and I love that place. And it's really cool to see um, what Rex has done and in, in bringing it back. And I'm super thankful that, you know, he was able to do that. I think it means a lot to a lot of people, but being able to do it there and uh, yeah, just, it, that that one I had to work hard for. I, I messed up a couple of restarts and went back to fifth, and um, I had to work my butt off to get back up to third to, to park down the front stretch. Yeah, so passing was at a premium, too,
1: wasn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, that one. that Yeah, and, and I screwed up a qualifying third 11th, so that one that one I had to work really hard for, and I think that was just kind of a, a major milestone in, in finishing top three and making it to Tech, and being able to repeat that before the end of the year was cool. And, yeah, I felt like there was a few races last year, um, where we might have had a car to win, but um, either I didn't execute or, you know, things out of my control happened. So, I mean, I think we're knocking on the door for a win, and um, we're going to keep working hard this whole year and hopefully hopefully get a one or more than one of those.
1: So what does 24 have in store for you? I mean, already at the racetrack in January, that seems, I would call it aggressive, right, to be ready to go that early. Um, you know, you get some time off. What what all you got cooking?
0: Yeah. So I've, uh, I, I really like what, um, Scott and and CRA they were able to do this year in bringing not only more higher paying races, but more races to Michigan and like flat rock and Toledo. I'm super excited for obviously flat rock. I got the pole that one year and I feel like I've got a lot of confidence going, confidence going back to that place. Toledo. I have I have have a lot of friends in Toledo and, and I always go to the glass city race there. So super excited to run there as well. Um, I've got a pretty cool and, and unique opportunity outside of racing in my professional career that's going to somewhat hinder being able to run the full schedule. So
1: somewhat, um, somewhat. That I'll means be, there's room. That means there's room to make adjustments and improvements. You see what I'm doing here, Rich? Like I'm, I'm. <laughs> I, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna buy plane tickets, overnight flights. What I mean? What are we gonna do here?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'll be, I'll be in North Carolina primarily um i don't want to get into too much of it yet but you you can you can uh make your own assumptions but um
1: that's a pretty popular state so right
0: i'll be flying back and forth um for probably five or six races i think you know i don't have a concrete schedule yet in the back half of the year is kind of you know not as concrete as as the first half but um with what the UAFO races are paying for sure, and I try to hit all three of those. Um, felt like I've got some unfinished business there with, with how good the car was and, and getting the first top three at that track. And um, like I said, that track means a lot to me. Um, Flat yep. Rock and Toledo, I'm super excited for. Um, we, we know you've got speed at Flat Rock and, and are pretty much confident we'll, we'll have speed anywhere we go. So I'm excited to try Toledo as well.
1: What about Berlin? You've got laps around Berlin, and I mean a rare opportunity to see a, a pro late model race—you know, pro race only there. Uh, you talk about tracks that you one Berlin's got to be up there.
0: Yeah, I feel like I have a a love hate—you know, maybe more so dislike relationship with Berlin. Um, I mean, we we don't run bad there, but I feel like every time I go there, no matter what we try, I end up with the same feel in the car. So clearly, I have to try something new, but it's a cool track. Um, being in the middle of the week for the two big races, I don't know that I'm going to make those. And then,
1: Oh, no, I was just um, talking about April 27th, Jegs Tour, season opener. Yeah, we have got
0: a Jegs race now. So currently I'm not planning on going to that one just because there's other races I'd rather hit. Um, but we'll see what happens. So,
1: And because if he goes to that, there's a chance he could be on the points, Rich. Uh, which would be, you know, if you might, uh, we, we know what that does. Yeah. To if you go to the first one and you're in the points, that makes the rest of the summer really difficult on, on decision-making. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, for sure. It does. So, I mean, that's, that's something we really wanted to do the past few years is run for a championship, but um, you know, with races being in Salem and Nashville, it's, it's maybe not necessarily in the budget to go hit all those, you know, being eight hours away, but um, yeah, thankfully we've, We were able to go to Cordillo this year, which, I mean, that's 13 hours away, but that was almost a a vacation for us, and then we go down there, and it's 30 degrees, so (laughs) it was was still 30 degrees warmer than it was here, at least, but, um, yeah, we'll see. I'd I'd love to be able to run for a championship, but life happens, and and I'm not sure sure. logistically it'll work. Yeah, we got to pull your leg, man.
1: It's just, you know, it's it's funny how that works out, right? You get the schedule that... Doesn't include Salem or Nashville for points. Obviously, the special event at the end of the year for the All American Four Hundred weekend is still there, and uh, and now it's a tough schedule uh, for you personally. So that just how that works out, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's funny how that works out, but um, you know, should should end up all good. So maybe I've taken a, I've taken a look at the car schedule and with their Pro Late Series, so maybe maybe you'll see me at a race or two there. You never know.
2: Kevin, talk to me about,
0: you know, you were, you're exactly right. You're very good
2: at Flat Rock. Um, but that's a unique event more than any other race on the schedule, because it's a combination event where you're racing against the ASA or CRA Super Series and the Jake Surrey All-Stars Tour. Um, just kind of talk about that and how you make that work.
0: Yeah. So I, th- I believe it was the same way um, two years ago. Um, the the crate cars, there really aren't at a whole lot of a disadvantage it it, you know it's there's a few tracks that um flat rock maybe when you're on a long run and and even on a q lap you're i mean i'll get to full throttle but once you get past 10 20 laps there you're really just working the throttle pedal on on both ends and and even as a surprise to me the first time i was there you're really hardly using the brake pedal um i mean you're maybe riding it on, on initial entry to the corner just to get it to cut that's about it so that's uh, that's a pretty unique event that they're able to do that, um, but it's really just a testament to the type of track it is, and, and it does re- produce really good racing, especially side by side. It really surprised me. Um, it's just it's really a, a fun fun race to run. It's one hundred and twenty five laps, which is a little bit longer than normal. Which obviously it's a small track, so you run shorter lap times, but um, you're kind of you're kind of working in there the whole time because you're always on the edge of the rear end, wanting to step out and and slide around. So it's it's really fun, and you know I was. I had made it up to third or fourth and and was spent maybe 10, 15 laps trying to pass somebody on the outside. And um, I think anybody who's run a flat rock before can tell you, you know, you slip up once and you lose two car lengths and that's it. So um, that was what happened. And you got to be really precise there. And it's a lot of fun to run at, actually.
1: I want you to talk about the relationship that you and your dad have. Um, That 28 machine, I walk into your, you know, I, I do my pit walk. And, you know, there's teams with, 28 people wrenching on that car. There's not enough room in between all the humans to even see the race car. There's so many hands on deck. Um, and then you walk over to other ones that are a little more reasonable. they got five or six guys in the, in the, in the crew. And then you walk to your pits, and you guys are one of those grassroots teams that it's kind of you and your dad uh, that make that thing happen. And, and as a matter of fact, he accepted your award from CRA on your behalf at the banquet. Um, talk about that dynamic uh, working, kind of the two of you just kind of doing this thing
0: yeah i mean throughout my whole racing career he's he's worked ex- extremely hard and um i couldn't be more thankful for it that it's something he enjoys very much as well he he raced quarter midges when he was a kid and um my number actually comes from him and a, him and my uncle racing when they were a kid so they were uh they were number six, twenty six, and 28 and uh i chose 28 so it was actually happened to be my uncle's number i couldn't t- tell you why i chose it but <laughs> it's uh it's in the family at least so it's still pretty cool. Um yeah, it's, Well, hey, eight really my, hey, it's, 8
1: minus 2 is 6. So there you go. 26, 28 Yeah, there hey,
0: you go. hey, my second number in quarter range just was 6. So I ah,
1: there you go. for for
0: some for some period of time. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um we we I mean, I feel like he just works extremely hard and um you know, he uh he's a lot better at fabricating and and things like that than I am. You know, I don't sometimes don't even try to attempt it. Just because. It's it's not going to end up end up as good. So, um, you know, we we kind of have figured out what what we're both good at and like to do and and make it work as a kind a two person team. I mean, we we've shown up to the racetrack before. It's just the two of us, which that gets a little difficult and and uh, maybe maybe temper
1: flare sometimes, which isn't <laughs> ideal. But uh, know, witnessed it, saw it. That happened. saw it, saw <laughs> it. Uh. Yeah. But, you know, you'll so, have that. Uh, that's a father-son relationship. Yeah, you'll have that. That's, you'll definitely have that. Yeah, that's but how it goes.
0: No, it's, it, it really makes it so much more rewarding, you know, even even running against, you know, some some people in Michigan who the, you're right, they show up with.
1: You with know, the emotion is raw, people. right? You talk about tempers flaring, but, man, the love has got to flare, too, when you're on the podium uh, against some of the best in the nation, right? I mean, it's got to go both ways.
0: Yeah, absolutely it does. I mean, it, it means so much to both of us. You know, like I said, it's something – We've done together my whole life, Um, and and I wouldn't. I I I love doing it together, and I wouldn't change it for the world. So it's it's so much fun. Especially you know, there's there's lows, but the highs when we we run good and get the finishes that I feel like we deserve. That maybe I don't have as many as I'd like. It uh, it's a really good feeling, especially when you know I I like to uh, we ran ran Cordial, and I really like doing events like that just because we run against people you don't normally run against and you go there to run against the best. And, yeah. you know, even if I'm not finishing in front of them, we are at least racing around them or right behind them. So, you know, for, for two people doing it in our garage in Michigan as uh, as pretty much, it feels like a second job. Sometimes it's extremely, extremely rewarding.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, people knew who you were, uh, you know, you're three years into this thing, 2022, people knew who you were. They knew when you showed up, uh, they were going to have to deal with you at the racetrack. So caps off on that, man. Uh, two third place finishes career bests for you with the Jegs tour in 2023. Um, and I, <clears throat> I mean it twenty three twenty four right? 2024 could be the year that we talked to you in victory lane uh, just with everything that's going on. And I think that'd be pretty cool. But I know I saw on social media, there were some people fired up to to hear what you had to say. So I want to give you the floor and give you an opportunity uh, to thank you. You need to thank for a successful 2023 season.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think first thing, thank my dad for the most part. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do any of this without him. Um, you know, my, my mom and sister do a lot more than anybody sees as well and they're not always able to make it to the track, but um they for sure they for sure kinda of hold this thing together sometimes and you know, I've got I've got a great group of friends, Kyle Crumb Blake, Rill, Curtis Spencer, you know, Andrew Blakely spots for me as well. So um all those people, so much uh so much love for them and, and just thankful that you know, they get, they get to get us to the track, really, and they're all a huge part of, you know, being able to get to the track and run up front. So it's uh, it's, it's really cool to be able to do it with your best friends and your family and, and all enjoy it and have good results and be fast.
1: Kevin man, congratulations. Uh, good luck with this next chapter of your life, and good luck uh, with, with 2024. Uh, excited to see what you have on the horizon and looking forward to seeing you at a racetrack again soon. Yeah, thank you. Uh,
0: can't wait to see you guys either.
1: Upcoming calendar, Rich, uh, doesn't have a whole lot on it because we're in a lull right now up here in Michigan. No indoor racing, no outdoor racing. Um, But here soon, really as soon as next week, we're going to be talking about guys that are going south to race in sunny Florida or sunny Georgia with Georgia-Florida Speed Weeks coming up.
2: Yep, East Bay is going to get rolling. Um, I am going to be down... At East Bay for the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series week. Oh, sorry. Uh, Was
1: I not waving with all of my fingers oh, there? Hi, Doc, I, I'm how sorry. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Let you, me wave with for, all you my forgot fingers. Forgot the other four fingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So no, I'm not going to go. I'm, I'm not going to go every single night. Uh, but I'm definitely going to go see the Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series down there at East Bay for their last trip, from what I understand as well. So this is the last year that East Bay is going to be in operation. And there's a lot of other stuff going on. Volusia kicked off this weekend. So Man, you got you're gonna have to work uh, if you're not travel if you're not a traveler you're gonna, over the next uh, 30 days or so Zach I think you're gonna have to work out the Dirt Vision or the Flow Racing
1: subscription uh, to get your racing fix here. One thing's for certain your smart device is gonna get a workout over the next couple of weeks because uh, you're gonna be watching a lot of live streaming. Uh, that's gonna do it for tonight's program on behalf of uh, Scott Meinlin and Rich France. We say thank you to Barry Marlowe for making time for us tonight, Gary Lindahl for coming on the program, Kevin Cremenesi as well. And uh, we thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings, where next week we have our final show of Season 5. Rich France, can you believe it? Final show of Season 5 next week. Bring on Season 6. I'm ready. I'm, <laughs> not, even, I'm not even getting <laughs> tired yet, Zach. That'll do it. Thank you all so much. We'll talk to you same time, same place next week right here on Horsepower Happenings.
0: You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.